the main ingredient. happy to have you here. So we're just going to jump straight into this. Um, we are just concluding the DNC and we're getting into the RNC next week. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there is uh, mixed <laughs> feelings well, you around. Keep, you keep looking at it. I Well, I keep I know, looking I'm at getting, Manny because- I'm getting them side eyes. You know, like. because me, me and Manny- we go after each other a lot. And just so you know, politically. we've known each other since second grade. Okay, okay. So, okay. And, and the thing is, though, and, and there's a third kind of party here, another person that we've been friends with since the second grade. Right. Who I feel like they are provocateurs. They are the type of people who just want to say shit to troll people. And I don't believe that they feel 100% about what they're saying. Right. But they will be the ones to basically say, like, oh, Trump ain't that bad, just just to get a rise out of people. Uh, I wouldn't say that. What I'm saying is, here's where it all comes from, right? Like, myself as a Latin man, I've been generationally taught to just be Democrat and vote in that reign blindly, as all black and brown people, majority are, right. Jewish included. You're not white, you're clear. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so it's like, for me, it's just, Why? Like I vote Democrat blindly because my dad taught me that and because his dad taught him that. And so it's like, okay, that's just a default. But but it's also voting in your best interest. But is it? Yeah. It's, it's socioeconomically, it is. I mean. Do you not care about that? I mean, of course I care about that, right? But it's just the way that. Weren't you just telling me earlier that you're trying to get into the Longshore Union? Long, longshoreman Union? Hey, bro. Well, of course. He's bullying you. Of you course. Got, you got to stand up, dude. I'm in there, right? Well, I'm not in there yet. Well, so, but, but that's the thing. There. So, listen, I, everyone who has ever followed me on Twitter knows that I'm anti union, but I will vote for people Sheesh. who are sitting there who, who are saying that they are for the unions because I'm not a single issue voter. Right. Like, I vote on an entire body of. Of things. And I also happen to vote on whether I believe you're a good person or not, too. Whether I believe that when the chips are down and everything's about to go fucking awful. Right. Like, are you going to make a decision based on on conscience? I, I think that shit's important. Okay, so after this DNC is passed and, you know, we have Trump, we have Biden. You're saying that Biden is the better guy because... I feel like Biden has a body of work that is imperfect, but I believe in him as a, as a leader. Okay. I also believe that he was tasked with getting us out of the last economic downturn and led us into the longest bull market that this country's seen in modern history. I think that he leads from a place of good and he is completely flawed like every other man walking the earth. But he's also a different person today at 77 than he was when he was 50. What point are you trying to make? I, I just want to say... Dementia. He, I, he I, called it like I called it. He has the track record. He has all the things that make it all happen. The dementia and the, him losing himself during these 
any talk you put him in. He forgets who's interviewing him. He forgets where he's at. He forgets who's next to him. It's kind of scary. And you don't feel that way about Trump at all. You feel like he's crystal clear. No, I don't feel and, like and he's not crystal clear, but... Trump is just not a good public speaker. Right. But do we all agree that he, they're the same age? No, Trump is 73. Yeah. Wrong. 73, 74. Wrong. Wrong. Really? You want to fact check that? Fact right check now? it while uh -oh. we go at it. But Google it. Google it. They're, they're, they're at most, I think, a year or two Trump, apart. Trump is 74. Biden is... 77. Massive difference. 77. Yeah, oh, damn. Massive difference. When you're in your 70s? Hell yeah. That's three years between What are you talking about, dog? Dimension. There's people walking around at 105 with crystal clear yeah, personalities. Yeah. And like, Biden's not one of them. Hey, yo, I don't have the ageism on it. I'm voting for Biden, but the dementia is very, very scary. It scares me a little bit, but I don't... Okay, let's stop calling it dementia, though, because we don't know that it's dementia. That's like... True, <laughs> What you want to call it, then? Forgetfulness? O old age? Forgetfulness. Dementia is actually a clinical okay. thing that gets significantly Di worse to the point... That's fair. Well, to the point where you don't know who the people are around you and you cannot function, right? Right. These people have to go through a fair amount of medical scrutiny. So, so, so let me pose this to you as a... As and a, by the way, like I'll tell you what dementia looks like. I had a grandmother with dementia. It was like one year she knew who I was, two years later, right. it was like... Don't know who she's calling and, me by and, my great uncle. And we right. could very well be in that same case with Biden. We don't know yet. No, but, but you but just so you know, through brain scans, you can catch that shit already. She we knew three years before we got to that point. Yeah, but how do you how do you, you can't reverse it? It's just gotta I'm not saying you can, but yeah. I'm saying through brain scans you would have known that. Okay, so when you watch his speeches, do you like cross your fingers and hope that he makes it through a sentence? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Then we on the same page then. Right. I'm with you then. I'm not, okay, I'm, so, I'm not saying, but by the way, so like, what are we, what are we litigating here? That so, he's a perfect, no, uh, and, not, and, and, and that, that he's like the, the optimal thing of health. No, I don't agree that people should be, by the way, I don't think people should be running for president at 70 or 75 or 73 or, you know, Bernie Sanders was 77 as well. I don't think they should be running for president anymore. I think the ideal for running for president is between like, let's say 48 and 65 55 being that, like, perfect spot. They got more game than anybody else. I, I don't want nobody too young trying some new You think 55 or, is too young? Maybe, yeah. What about Barack Obama? Okay. What about JFK? I didn't know. What about Bill Clinton? He was cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Vaughn, Vaughn I wanna, you're the guest, so I want to I turn it back to you a little bit because you alluded that you don't think that there's a good choice for president right now. Would you say that's accurate? Uh, I wanted Bernie. And you wanted Bernie. Why is that? Because I am not a Bernie fan. What? I'm I, not I a think, Bernie fan. I think Bernie had a better job at, at grabbing the people, for yeah. sure. So why, so why is it that I see this very often, that I see a lot of people who would vote for Bernie, but now in their mind, Trump is an alternative? Because I, I am seeing that. I don't get that. How You've seen a lot of that from, like, the Joe Rogan crowd and a lot of that from, like, the Bernie or Bus crowd. Like, it's either Bernie or we don't vote. But Joe Rogan's like, he has dementia. I can't do it. That's, but he, yeah. that's, that's what he stands on. And when I that's, his one, it, that's his one hang-up? That's, like, his biggest thing that I see him talk about all the time. He's always like, well, he doesn't know where he's at. So how, how do you feel about the Biden's crime bill? Uh, I'm, I'm over it. Like, I'm with him. I'm like, it's, I'm picking the greater evil. Is he the best guy for the job? For now, yes. He put Kamala in there. 
that's better. I figure they'll fill the seats that are supposed to be filled because Trump never filled the seats in the White House like he was supposed to. Well, I don't think mm. he's filling seats really anywhere, to be honest. Right. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So with all that being y'all, said. Y'all seen what happened in Oklahoma. That shit looked terrible. Then, you know, like if he didn't believe in like the COVID and all that, remember Herm Cain? He died. Yeah. yeah. For going to He did. <laughs> for going to the rally. Yeah, he ain't gonna be in rush hour three. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So and you still confused on it. You still you still won't you won't you just lot, don't a, feel comfortable a, saying a lot can happen between now and November third. What okay, so definitively, what would need to happen for you to say yes, I'm voting for Biden? And what would need to happen for you to say, yes, I'm voting for Trump? Because you've also stated that you may not vote. What? That's my right, too. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> That's my right, too. Why? Why? Why would you not vote? Locally? Uh, it's my right to vote or it's my right to not vote? Locally. Locally. Locally is more important than, than nationally. But you got to vote. So, like, you can vote locally, but you just don't want to vote on the president. Give me that, at least. I mean... That could very well be a situation for why sure. Why can't we get a you're like yeah, a politician? Why you not know, a why can't yes. why can't we get an answer? Because I don't know if I, I don't know who I'm voting for right now. Right, but then there's I mean like local things you I need could, to I get could, done I like could, like Bernie. Like so let me Vaughn, let me ask you this. <clears throat> so why do you so you had said hey, you know Biden, mm, uh, uh, you know the the lesser of greater you know whatever evils. Right. But then he added Kamala. That's a plus. What do you like about Kamala coming to the table? That I think she's a real hard ass, and I think underlining once they get Trump out of there, they're gonna it's gonna be a witch hunt. I think they're gonna get him, and I'm I'm all for that. Right. I mean, they're gonna get us back on track. Well, she's a prosecutor. I'm. Mean, she's. Gonna, she's. I, they're gonna get him. I actually like Kamala. You do like Kamala. Yeah. You really? Know, you know so what, everyone but, that's uh, with him is going down. Yo. They're so, the but the thing is, Say you had again? mentioned to me that you don't like Kamala because, or you don't like a Biden presidency because if he goes away pre, you know, prematurely that she'll be the president. Yeah. You I, had mentioned that. No, I didn't say I didn't like it. I said that the powers that be behind the curtain probably would rather have Trump do another round than put a woman in but office. But wouldn't you have said that about Barack Obama's presidency that he won mm, twice? No, I, no. You literally think that there's some all-powerful Oz that's basically conspiring that it's not just everyday misogynistic people out there who feel like, well, I think he's going to, I think Biden's going to win one term, pass off to Kamala. He's not a two term president. Well, just, for he, age he, purposes, he, that may be true, well, but he no, may I pass think, it I think that's yeah. the plan. Yeah, he may not even be a one, a one term. He may, go, he may go two and then deflect to Kamala. Interesting. You know, and so, how do you feel about that? Because you know, I mean, what Honestly, do you think? So what? So what? If it, if, if how it, do you feel about that in terms of her stance on the Second Amendment? Does that affect you? She's actually pro two A. She's just against assault weapons. Okay, but what about your brand new AR you just bought? What about your brand new AR you just bought? <laughs> what the fuck did I just walk into, man? What y'all talking? About? <laughs> What's up with the weapons, guys? Guys. Man, Manny and I have strong feelings about the Second Amendment, so. So, are you a pro Second Amendment? Yes. Okay. Cool. So, cool. do you do you believe we, we in all the, can agree on that? Okay. 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 So, where do you believe that those rights should be limited or mitigated? I'm just trying to understand what you guys need the big piece of weaponry for. 
So he and I might feel differently about it, but I'll let you answer why you feel like you need it. I'd rather have it and not need it than the other way around. So that's why I need, need it. it for what? This ain't Red Dawn? What you need? <laughs> so, so that's where I disagree with fair. you. Fair. So, no, no, no. Fair. I think that's unfair because that's but, where I disagree with you. That's but, why I want it. Because I am constantly in the back of my head thinking that we are all one step away from getting marched onto some trains and brought to some camps for whatever. <laughs> no, bro. You, you don't think so? That's the movies, man. It's no, not it's not the movies. What about the Holocaust? That was a different time. Really? So w- you're telling me that we didn't just witness within this presidency a group of people march on a, you know, on a city center like yes. Charlottesville and and saying Jews will not replace us with no masks, by the way, that they 100%. felt like they didn't. 100%. So you tell those that's that area. Were those the you tiki think that would go down here? Yes. What? Okay, so but okay, so what about you can walk through the Fillmore and there's an AK in there right now. That Facts. You, you, of course. <laughs> so, but, there's weaponry out so, here. But so, you don't think that we are always a couple of steps away from, uh, you know, from your government turning on you and basically finding a scapegoat for who the problem is? In my mind, it's going to sound real crazy. I don't understand it. I figure if the Civil War popped off and it got crazy, California itself would break off and be its own country. I agree with that. And and but how does that save us? It's because we we got our our army and our laws. We would be like, look, if you come across this border, we ain't with that shit. Y'all gonna get it. And I'll be there with my AR. <laughs> <laughs> so here, so here, so here's my logic, right? Like I would rather have it and be familiar with it and be a legal responsible owner of of that type of weapon, right? Right, and know my way around it, rather than come into a situation, Red Dawn or whatever the case may be. <laughs> where, where, yeah, where like I pick it up and I'm like. What the fuck is this, and how does it work? Right? Yo, honestly, same, same reason why I, I got I got a Glock. Okay, cool. Now, shit, I'm ready to go. The Glock, I get, I get. When you come out with the Rambo joint, the big piece, and I'm like, what are you doing with this? Yo, like, uh, well, but then, uh, here, but I'll give you another. I'll give you another thing, right? I'm not only worried about being a Jew and people coming and rounding me up because that shit was real for my family. Yes, just a generation ago. Right. I'm also concerned about the other spectrum of politics in this country. I'm concerned the fact that I'm a white male business owner, property owner, and I've been classified as the enemy for an entire different group of people. Mm. And that to me makes me feel uncomfortable because when I can't even say to people, yo, it's kind of fucked up that you just destroyed all that property Mm -hmm. and you looted all that shit without... uh, a ton of people dropping in and being like, uh, well, how dare you right. even mention property while there's black people out there getting killed by police? I'm like, yeah, that's fucked. Yeah. I have a major issue with that. And right. guess what? Lock those motherfuckers up and throw away the key. Treat them like murderers that they are. But that still don't make me feel like that's cool that you fucked up some shit that you ne- you didn't build. But I feel like those people that you're going against that you're worried about, they don't do guns. Those are paper gangsters. They find ways to get you different ways. They're not going to be shooting at your house like that. They're going to send some sort of... What about Antifa? Uh, I love that album. Was that Queen Latifah? <laughs> <laughs> that no, so, but what about... Oh, what what about, what about all these crazy, woke-ass white kids out there running around pretending like they know the problems of... 
you know, black and brown people better than they do. And they're, and, and which by the way, you look at the, you look at protesters, right? right? You see a mixed group of American patriotic people who Mm -hmm. are out there practicing their right to protest black, brown, white together doing what the American constitution gives them the right to do. Right. Then you have another group of people who you can see predominantly white. 100%. Predominantly white, woke, like to the extent, mm-hmm. and they're running around, they're like uh, breaking down parking meters and yelling, parking is a regressive tax and literally beating the shit out of people in the street, hitting people with all these things. And it's like, to me, that, that to me is the enemy too. But see, I, this sounds crazy. When you grow up in California, mostly the Bay Area. Which I did. It's not till you start traveling. You'd be like, hundred oh, percent. We got it good. Hundred percent. True, motherfuckers True. over there. Like y'all really live like this. Like, the segregation is crazy. Like yeah. this. Yo, oh, 100%. Yeah, we all grew up together. Yeah. 100%. I grew up in a Latin house. I grew up in a Filipino house. Facts. I grew up in an Iranian house. I grew up in all these houses. Yeah, same. So, so when I go someplace and they don't mix like we do, it's I weird, get, right? It's weird. So I feel what you're saying, but me being, you know, living out here, I'd be like, eh. Well, listen, I, I feel what you're saying because I've said this on previous podcasts before that, you know, we grew up here, but I didn't know anyone that looked like me. Right. It was black, Mexican, Sino- Samoan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, the, uh, even the black guys were like broken up into, you know, different, you know, yep, yep, groups yep, as well. Yep, yep. Uh, Filipino, uh, Arab, Arab, yep. Chinese, like yep. all, the, all, all these different groups. The rainbow. And, and the shit that I didn't know, I didn't know very many other Russian Jews. Mm-hmm. Like, we were all mixed up. We would t- clown each other. We would talk shit about each other. And it was, there was never any sensitivity around it. Right. Because nobody could possibly mean the fact that I'm actually talking shit about you in a, in a bad way. First day I got to culinary school, I walked into the dorm room mm-hmm. and I saw a swastika flag on the wall with a poster of a character of a stereotypical Jew. And the poster said, how do you spot a Jew? What? Was it like what's no a, joke? What's a stereotypical like a Hasidic? You know, joke? like big nose, receding hairline, uh, you know, where like hunched over back, uh, kind of really character like features. It, you know, this this way. You know, the the way that they make the Jew appear in a cartoonish way right. to diminish their standing. They have it for every culture, right? Like you have you have it for every culture. So what I'm what'd you do? Yo, I was like, first of all, keep in mind, I'm 18 years old right? and I'm staring at the wall and I'm like, I'm in shock. I'm in disbelief. I've never seen a... And you're like fresh to New York, new, new, right? Fresh. Bro, I just got off the motherfucking Metro North. Like, (laughs) yo, I was like, yeah. Yeah. yo, and I walk in there and I'm, and the dude who's supposed to give you the tour, he's staring at me and he's like telling me the whole spiel reading off the paper. And so he didn't see the poster. And at first I'm just like in shock. I'm not listening to him. He's like, yo, are you paying attention? I was like, No. I'm not. Is this cool? And he looks at it. He's like, oh, no, that's not cool. I was like, yo, and just, I'm Jewish. Right. Like, this is, like, is this what is this is? Because, like, I need to know. Right. And so, you know, they basically brought me out. And, you know, the the guy that runs that dorm basically walks over. He's like, yo, hey, we're sorry. We're going to move you to another dorm. We're going to handle this kid, blah, blah, blah. Like, kid gets suspended or, or, or whatever. And he nev- never ended up coming back to school. But to that point... That was the first time I realized that people in the Bay Area had a suite. Yes, Lord. And I'm not saying that systematic racism wasn't here like it was everywhere else and that mass incarceration wasn't here like everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I know 100%. 
But what I am saying is like, you didn't see overt racism. And if you did, you might get your fucking ass whooped 100%. by everyone the around. Whole and it city didn't need to be, would be there. Yeah. And it yeah. didn't need to be. And yeah. so I feel, I feel you on that. And so, but I will tell you that I feel like things are getting worse, not better. Here? Here and everywhere. Here? I, I'm seeing, and you don't see the demographic here changing. Uh-huh. I just, well, okay, you're 100% about that. That's different. You're, you're talking about the outsiders. Those aren't, those aren't Bay Area, California You're talking about the, the transplants. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. not of us. And you could, you could tell. Oh, like, I can tell 100%. <laughs> I can tell, by the way, and, and in the same way, though, I can tell when someone comes here and tries to preach cultural sensitivity to me, when I'm like, yo, Doug, don't talk to me about the culture that right. I grew up in. Right. Facts. Like, right. You, like, I don't need a fucking ghetto pass. I grew up with... These people, they're my brothers and sisters. Right. And I didn't give a shit about race. I saw it. I ain't yeah. going to tell you I didn't see race. That's the stupidest thing I ever right. saw. Right. I saw race, and and that shit was beautiful to me. I mm. fucking loved, you know, we, we would be like, oh, my God, like, you know, like fascinated by each other's cultures. Being at each other's house, like, what what are grits? <laughs> what are grits? Yeah, and then yeah. somebody would be at your house like, yo, yeah. what like stuffed cabbage? What yeah. is stuffed cabbage? Yeah. And yeah. you know, you'd be at someone else's house like, yo, what is an arepa? That, right. that like that was beautiful. I'm not gonna tell you I didn't see those differences, right? But they were they were they we they always were, celebrated them. They were right? celebrated exactly, yeah. and we are now getting to a point where people are benefiting off of telling us that we are not as united as we have been here to the point where all white people have white privilege Mm -hmm. and need to have some level of guilt around what they're doing. All black people are 100% pardoned for any kind of, um, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's like this feeling of there's a bigotry behind this like low expectation. And you're just like, what are you talking about? That was not... Here, we never had that. Yeah, you know, this wasn't the South. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, and like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm off point. No, here. you're on, you're on it a hundred percent. But then, like, when as you're telling me, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking to myself, well, that's more like a us versus them thing. It feels that way like, though. Me, I never felt me, that way before. Which also circles back to Vaughn's point, where he's like, California might just be break off and it's do our own country. shit. Like, that's yeah. like me and you standing outside right now. We'd be like, yo, they really don't know where they're at. Like. So but like, I feel that way all the time when I'm in the think, city now. Yeah. David, do you think that there's ever been a time where you've turned this old auto body shop into something that's beautiful in this area, right? right. Do you think you've ever been a like a conversation piece of 100%. transplant? He's a gentrifier. hundred percent. But then it's like, bitch, but, I'm from here though. Yo, like, but then I said, check my motherfucking credentials. Right. My mom lives six blocks from here. Right. Yo, my mom lives. I mean, I'm not gonna say it on a podcast, but my mom lives <laughs> yeah. six fucking blocks from here. Right. And and you know, like when you walk by her crib, like that's the heart of the fucking Fillmore. Right. And by the right. way, she opened her office in the fucking she heart of the Fillmore. In the Fillmore. Thirty-two years ago. Right. Yeah. Like the, uh, you know, and and so when you ask me where I grew up, yo, I saw my first concert at the Fillmore. Mm. Well, you know, watching Cypress Hill. Mm. You know, at the Fillmore, it's like don't don't talk to me about like gentrification. Yeah, I built something nice. Yeah, I have to charge what I have to charge in order to do business here because my right. rent ain't cheap and labor ain't cheap and right. I pay people well. And by the way, on top of food, I buy food that I feel is ethically raised, right? right? And, right. And, all that, and all that. So yes, I've been called a carpetbagger online. I've been called a gentrifier, all that stuff. But 
my only answer to that is like, I have zero shame about just saying, check my credentials. Right. Like, yeah. You know, but so, you're, you're one of us. Facts. Well, but that's the thing, man. There's, you get, there's not many of you. But in which way? Like, you know what it is. You were like, I want this to be, this is my community. And I want to build this in my community to say, I grew up here and I did this. Some of these people come here. They don't know nothing about the area. They don't care about the area. They come for the dollar. Yeah. But don't you feel like a lot of the That's people real. who are generating the narrative, who are pushing the narrative are also of those people who are not a part of this culture. Yeah, 100%. You know, they're the ones commenting on it saying, you know, they're commenting on the gentrification. They're commenting on how everything is changing, how it's bad and everything. And then you look at them, you're like, aren't you one of the people who came here? Like, to, <laughs> But well, then let me, ask, well, let me ask you this. How does that lend itself to the conversation about nativism, right? Like the, do you feel any sort of animosity towards people who come here? I don't feel any animosity about it. I just want them to embrace what is going on here you can't bring come here thinking this is yours like it's not yours you've like the things that we grew up doing is like all gone right made new things and it's not as fun anymore the city's not like it used to like you used to go to the mission and the mission had like a lot of soul and it was like you like yo this is crazy that's where i got my first fake id see See, things like that they don't see it like like the difference between like mission and valencia that one block. It's, yeah, it's, it's a like, world of difference. Right, but Mission is old San Francisco. Right. Still, that we're hanging on to it. Valencia, I'm like, yo, that's another world. Like, what is this? What's going on here? And so do you like it or dislike it? I like the cupcakes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow the food got real good. Yeah. They brought a lot of cool stuff in there. Yeah. But, you know, I, but sometimes I'm just amazed by, like, you go to some spot where I hate to, like, you know, glamorize this, where we've been and it was fighting, shooting, stabbings, and you stand in there and there's, like, people with kids walking by, toddlers. You're like, yo, this used to be a notorious block out here. And we used right. to love it. You know what I mean? Right. Yo, that, was, that, that reminds that, me of whose who's birthday or whose wedding or bachelor party we go to. Somebody's in... Yo, we, uh, we what was jump. it? Club, club 15, 10, 15, 15, 15. Yeah, like we oh. watched, uh, yo, oh. back in the day, dude, we got, we got jumped by the bouncers. <laughs> Hell of some moments. All the Usos, running, bro. Yo they, yo, they broke a Patron bottle over his head. I had to block his head oh. with my hand. That's how I got this scar yeah, on my hand right was, here. No way. I, yo, I, I didn't even start. I yo, just saw my boy fall we and I squab it up in there. Him, and then the bouncer come at me and I'm trying to do my best. He reaches on the bar and. And then cracks him. I put my he so he's got a he got a he's got a scar on his forehead, and I got one on my hand. I literally blocked the Patron bottle with my hand. Yikes! Yo, he no, but that's the way that shit used to be, bro. (laughs) It's like you didn't go out. Like sometimes you would literally be like that was Big V's bachelor party. That was Big. I had to go to the wedding the next day. Who was a Samoan too? And you had to go with stitches? Yeah, bro. Oh, no. Yo, that was the way. But that was the way it was. It, it For me, when I grew up, I grew up, uh, by the way, with a lot of anxiety. Right. And I, I have gotten rid of that. And I always wondered what it was. But that anxiety went away when I left the Bay for a long time because I always felt like anytime I was going to go out, mm-hmm. I had to plan accordingly for physical altercations. Yeah. I, I bought shoes so I could either run or kick people with. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but like it used to give me stomach aches. Bro. Where, where's the bad part? What do you no, mean? No, but that's like, honestly, like as a kid, that used to make me feel hella nervous, man. I used to get stomach aches. I like, I felt really anxious about growing up here all the time because I felt like if we were going to go out, right. we needed to roll deep all the time because I what? felt hella. Okay. And now the man that you are today has made you that man. Right. You're not soft. 
When you went to New I York. I also roll strapped. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. How about this? When you moved to New York from growing up here, you had no fear. Yo, it was nothing. You had no fear. It was nothing. These kids yeah. nowadays, they, they're, they're not built like us. They're soft. We were outside. Yeah. Really outside. Outside. We were what? out there. We Yo, got re- scars and all that. I mean, that. You, you remember my first fight in high school where my, like, these fools were trying to jump me at the, at the high school, and we're at football practice. Yeah. So I called my cousin. I was like, Yo, these cats are trying to jump me yeah. right now. Yo, so my cousin was like, he Yo, pulls, I'll be right there. He pulls there. up in the Jeep, right? Yeah, he pulls up in the Jeep, and then he's like, he, ran, he runs up to these fools. And I was like, Thank God he's going to run up and be like, Yo, like, bounce fool. So he comes up 10 minutes later to me. We're getting dressed and stuff. He, like, walks in the locker room, and he's like, Yo, all right, one of these cats is going to fight you, and I'm going to make sure that it's a fair fight. And I was like, I didn't want to fight this fool. I, like, I called you to handle that. Yo, I thought you were going to handle that. Yo, so he tells me, yo, like, and, and all these cats hear about who I'm fighting, and they're like, yo, that cat just got a juvie for stabbing somebody. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is not the person I want to fight, man. I'm in football practice. Yeah. Yo, my I'm trying to learn like, these routes. Yo, <laughs> yo, so, yo, so my cousin's like, and, and he had known, all right, he was already an OG, and he basically was like, listen, the only way they're going away, if I, if I tell them to bounce, if I scare them off or whatever, they'll be back tomorrow. But if you walk out here and handle your business, mm-hmm. whether you win or lose, it's going to be squashed after that. Yes. Yo, so I walked out, man. W- you know, we threw hands. I can't say that someone definitively won or lost. It was one of those high school fights where, you know, it, you, you throw them down and then you catch a few, he catches a few, and then coaches jump over the fence, break it up. Yeah. But the next day, I'm walking to lunch, and these cats walk up on me, and I, like, drop my backpack, and he's like, yo, yo, yo I'm cool. And he's like, yo, I just want to tell you, we're good, bro. I got respect. And you're like, bro, that can only happen here. I, I mean, I'm sure it happens in the world, but it's yeah. like, that's the type of lesson I feel like we learned growing up here. And you walk around with that attitude. You walk around with that bit of, like, and maybe it's not attitude. Maybe it's just a, a confidence where you're like, "Yo, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a violent person. Right. I don't want to be a violent person, not at all. I, and I will avoid violence at Facts. all costs." Facts. But I ain't scared of shit. Yeah. Right. Don't try me. Try Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? You went to some of these places because of that sense of danger. Yeah, that's 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 True. a fact. Because <laughs> I, you know, True. especially in the sideshows, like I, I, I knew, I uh, for real, man. I and I was the wrong person to be at the sideshow too, because I would be in an electric blue Mustang, yep. with a white drop top. He looked like you know I was about to get got. He looked like he looked like the lick. He looked like the lick. No, but you know I was about to get got, and and I was uh, doing and and that that's the thing. I was driving around strapped then too. <laughs> YouTube. <man. laughs> But that, but that, but that's the thing. You're absolutely right. Like you wanted, you wanted those problems. Yeah. You didn't know how bad they could be. But maybe, but to another extent, that I think that also speaks to systematic racism. Because had it been black rolling around strapped at the sideshow, you'd have been fucked if you would have got caught federally, like big time. I would have been, you know. But I never got pulled over. I got there pulled over go. once with him in the car. Yeah, drunk when we were in, the- in a box chev on deuces. Mm. Yo, Braids. You, you were yo. He looked like Baby Bash. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I flip a bitch in front of the cop, and as soon as I hella flip, dumb too, like in like a hard one in, in Alameda. Yo, oh God, so, so yo, I knew it was a wrap. As <laughs> soon as I pulled over, yo, and, skirt to the yeah. side, threw my keys out the window. The cop comes up, and then you know he comes at me, sees him. And yeah, I swear oh, to God, yo, bro. I was like, if he yo, I'm his car, Jewish lawyer, dog. We good. <laughs> <laughs> All I got was a citation. That's dope. 
Is but it though? It wouldn't happen if he was. I feel there. like because the thing is, I think he was rolling up to the car. He's like, "Yo, I'm about to bust some essays," and yo saw me, and he was like, "What's going on, young man?" <laughs> He's like, "Are you okay? Did he kidnap you?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this: Do we have an unrealistic expectation of people's ability to be, uh, let's call it, like culturally sensitive? in each time frame of history. So, for example, that governor from Virginia, mm-hmm. that, you know, the photo came out of him in blackface in the 80s. Right. When people didn't even know that was... They knew that shit was wrong. Really? In yeah. the 80s? Yeah. You felt that like... Every- blackface was going on well before the 80s. Even I'm though, not saying that it wasn't, but... movies I- like Soul Man where it's not disrespectful, but it's still like, even as kids, we were like, the fuck is going on? Remember Soul Man? So in the 80s, if you would have seen somebody dressed up like something like, uh, you know, Arabian Nights or something like that, and, you know, with the tan, you know, whatever it was, you would have looked at that and said, sir, you you are cancelable or something like to that extent? Like, I can't fuck with you? Back in the day, it was okay to just say whatever you want to say. And it, it was like, even if you were hurt by it, you could be hurt by it. But were you hurt by it? Did when? You? Was Soul Man? I don't even know what Soul Man is. Soul Man is a movie about a white kid that couldn't get into college, so he made his, he puts uh, paint on his face and takes a- uh, 1986 a, film. He gets a uh, scholarship, and he takes it from a black guy. 1986 American comedy. That? <laughs> yes. Yes. But he damn near looked uh, Arab, though. <laughs> As a kid, I used to see that shit and was like... He looks Indian. That's kind of wrong. I'm not... I could, so, I'm, okay, so, but to that extent, right? So we talk about the Virginia governor, right? right? And so that happened in the 80s. And then it came out recently in the past couple of years. Yeah. And the majority of black people in Virginia were saying, we're good. I mean, we didn't like that. Right. But we're fine. And there was a significant part of both the Republican Party for their own selfish reasons, but even Democrats, white Democrats at that, trying to eat their own and be like, no, you got to step down. That's, you know, like, uh, that's appalling. You you should not have a place. And the majority of his own constituency, especially the black ones, were saying like, no, he's good. Like, we are good. We are fans. He's been good to us. He's done all sorts of things for us. And I feel like we're just in a place where doing that one thing all of a sudden completely is somehow supposed to make you go away. Where are you supposed to go? What's what's the way to come back? What's the apology? There's no coming back. You fucked up. You got to go. Facts. And you believe that? You believe that well, should be? A lot be of the time. The- a lot of the time. You're like, let's play the game. You you call out the name and I'll tell you, like, should they get a second chance? All right. Uh, I don't even, I want to have all my blackface characters. Not even blackface. Not like, okay. Okay, so Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. You bit the hand that fed you. That's the same thing you said. You bit the hand that fed you. You fucked up. There's so many things you could have did before you said all that. You could have had hella meetings. You could have been like, look, this is the show. (laughs) At the top, top level. Watch this show. If you feel like this is wrong. Then I'll sweep it under the rug, and I never did it. Whatever. Do you think he undermined the 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 power of whatever that podcast was? It getting out to the masses like that, and he. I just- think he undermined it, but I think nowadays everything counts. Text messages count. I could text you some shit, That's and then actually, like yeah. a couple years later, like, what about oh, he said this? What, what about oh, Deshaun Jackson? Hundred percent. What was that one? Uh, he basically tweeted a 
direct quote from Hitler. Oh yeah, gotta go. Done. You think he should be fired? I'm trying to yeah. find. Yeah. Why? Why are you quoting? Why are you quoting Hitler? Because he's ignorant. Then you got to go. You got to be fired, and then what? What do you do? How do you earn money? Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, for real? What are you talking about? You don't. You think that that's it? You can't. It's people you just don't need to quote. They just don't. They're bad people. They don't. And when you, and remember when you're doing these things, the the things that come with it, you have to deal with it. What about Bill Maher? <sighs> I'm up in the air about Bill Maher. He cracked a little bit of a joke, and they didn't didn't like it the way he did it. I don't know. Ice Cube checked him a week later, but right. I still feel. But I fuck with Bill because Bill been messing with black folks years. So is that the demarcating thing? That he, if, if you're one of us and you just got out of line, so and, we, we smack you your hands until like, I get back. And you Cancel felt like, him? nah. So, so basically, I mean, if I can surmise this, you're saying if someone's got the G pass, then they just didn't know it wasn't, they didn't have it that good. And you're basically going to give them a warning and move on. But how do you, how do you yes, decide that? But I will say that, but if you have the G pass, you know when how you cross you, the line. Facts. Well, so, but to that point, we had, we had a pod uh, last week in which we were discussing kind of people growing up in multiracial settings. Yeah. And yeah. We had, where we, had we grew- a, a, uh, Adrian Marcellin. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and I think all of us experienced that. I don't know. I'm not going to speak on your behalf, but we all experienced people who were not black Dropping the N word, yeah. soft yeah. R. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's an A actually. They do with the A, a. Right. yeah, with the A. Okay. No hard R. Okay, yeah. and that was a part. That was a part of the culture for everybody back then. Still is. Still, still yeah, still. Okay, is. so but that's my point. That is I a Filipino, very. I have Filipino friends yep. that say it harder than I do, and I'd be like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, uh, Jesus. <laughs> no, but I but and that was the thing. All 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 of us. Did, but so but, my question is, at some point, I recognized, I was like, oh, there's a lot more people outside of this circle who that really upsets and offends and hurts. And I had no idea because I just felt like the difference maker was the R slash A. Long and as you say the A, you're good. If you, if, if you it, agree, you think that's cool? And so it, it depends. Really? I think I think really? you have to have that discernment, really? right? You're not right. going to go throw n bombs around a group of black folks you don't know like that. Hundred percent. You really? feel me? So if we grew up, I just don't do it anymore at you, all. You don't do it no more. But as a kid growing up, when we were 14, 13, you didn't know 15, no better because you grew up around kids saying it. You just start right. saying it, and well, it wasn't until well, somebody older said, "Yo, what you saying?" Well, and also it was like when when you're kicking it with your friends, and your black friend looks at you and is like, "Whoop de boop boop," and you're like. Okay, so that's the verbiage we use. <laughs> yeah, right. By but, the way, you know, it's like also with that, you you, you calling people blood and you know oh what's God. up, like all that, and you're just I've like I've been to L.A. before, and you know we <laughs> right. say we'll say it in the same sentence. It's, all it's, blood, cuz and woo, woo, woo. and they was looking at me like, Yo, which one is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta yeah. make up your mind. And I was yeah. like, cuz or blood? Oh, oh, oh! I've been we, in a we, party before. Yeah, we don't say it like that. <laughs> e forty had a record release party in uh, L.A., and I went to go DJ for him. And this guy came to me, he kept bothering me. And he was like, yo, you need to play my record. I'm so and such favorite artist. I was like, whatever. You got to play bother me by like the fifth time. I said, blood, I don't come to your job and bother you. Why are you bothering me? I don't knock True. dicks out of your mouth when you're at work. Yo, he turned around. Yo, something, something rolling 60 crips, something woo woo. And he's going crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, 
What? I said, oh, I'm not from here. I'm from the Bay. We say blood all the time. It got, it almost got, oh, it was a massacre. Almost, I wouldn't, almost wasn't here today. Right. (laughs) Fucking around like that. But with that being said, we're from an area where we grew up saying everything. True. As a kid out here, maybe in other parts of the world, I don't know. I just know about the Bay Area. We learn each other's bad words when we're young. Yeah, hell yeah. But what does this mean? But how does that relate to the cancel culture, though? Because... If the, I mean, pretty much the way it works is if somebody says one of those things and gets caught for it now, no matter what the reason, no matter how many people within his group he has that say that's acceptable, that person's going to be canceled. No, not true. You don't agree? Not true. So you're trying to tell me if Ice Cube didn't come to Bill Maher's show, he'd have been canceled. I that show know. That show would have been on the week right after. Yeah, Maybe. I hate, to, um, I hate to tell you guys, but no, they, but there are certain people care. that are above cancellation. Joe Rogan's one of them. I he, mean, Joe Rogan, it, but he's 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 with the people. He's one of the people. If he said it, he would. If he wouldn't. If, if somehow you did say he, it, did he say the R? No, 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 no. But he has. Everybody wants Joe Rogan to be canceled for whatever reason. Because he's the fucking king of podcasts right well, now. Well, because, well, no, because he says what's on his mind, and a right. lot of times he says shit that rubs people the wrong way, and he doesn't care that's about what, who he's rubbing the wrong way. That's but he's not being disrespectful, right? Uh, depending on who you're asking, whether they felt disrespected. If you feel disrespected, or and I'm being disrespectful, is two different things. Interesting. You just so, don't like what I said. So what's the what is That's the difference? What how do you break that down versus being disrespectful and feeling disrespected? Um, context. I'm trying to figure out how to say it without sounding crazy. Uh. Give me a minute. All right. So basically, <laughs> the way it is today, by today's standards, and let's call it Twitter standards. Okay. Right? By today's Twitter standards, if you say something that people feel hurt by right. or unincluded by, right. then that is considered to be cancelable yes. behavior. Yeah. So there is, for example, there's a new, there's a new word term. Right, that we've talked about, which is I know you're gonna say <laughs> Manny has feelings about this. So the term Latin X. Yeah, I don't know. I've been seeing this and I don't know what this is. So, so I'll I'll explain it real quick and yeah. then I'll let you guys debate. Um, it is a term of inclusivity. Right. To include not just Latino and Latina genders, but non-binary or non-gender conforming what? people. See, that's too much. So a non, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I'll just Google what non-binary means. But basically, they don't non-binary means that you're female. exactly right. Okay. So I don't. Yeah. So cool. See now, but to go back to the original question, in my mind right now, mm-hmm. it's like, don't do it. <laughs> just don't, because you don't, because like it happens when people speak upon things they really don't know about. And I just, I understand what you just told me, but in my mind, I'm like. That's just like a whole lot. If you're just Latin, just be Latin. You got you add the X to it. That's my point. And exactly. it's not we're included, but then like also when all uh, Black so, Lives but, Matters happen, right. uh, transgender, transgender, transgender lives, uh, some no something happened to one, and nobody spoke up upon it, and it was like, well, trans Black trans lives matter too, but then people didn't give it the same attention they were giving it to Black Lives Matter. 
So, so where do you find the line to be in terms of your willingness to adopt something new that is kind of changing of culture right. or the changing of the, the tide, some, you know, prevailing wisdom? And when the moment is, which is like, cool, all right, that train is passed. Now you're canceled because you didn't catch up fast enough. It's not about me not catching up. Sometimes you got you to gotta come back and be like, yo, I don't know. Like, when, like I said it, you, yeah. I was like, yo, tell me about it. I read about it before. I knew a few things, but I was like, well, brothers, tell me what's going on so right. I can be sure what it is. Okay, right. so now that I've said it to you. I'm like, I'm going to say Latinx. You are. Is that what you want? So that's very interesting, man. He feels slightly different. I feel like Latin kind of just covers it completely. But what about the people who don't feel included by that? Cool, you, cool. But, uh, you know what? His approach works. You can, you can <laughs> because, have Latinx. Oh, wow. So when we, we've, we've reached a milestone today. We've gotten when, when Manny to actually... You can have Latinx if you want to have Latinx, but I'm going to continue with what I feel in, is inclusive is, is Latin. If you don't want to say Latino, which is masculine, or Latino, which is feminine, right. Latin blankets Everything. everything. Same but, way, same way. Black Lives Matter blankets everything. It's all not. Of them. It's not specific to transgender. It's not specific to you know gay, whatever. Black. If black is black, whether you're gay, straight, or or you know whatever. Same thing is for Latin. Okay, this I keep bringing it back to the Bay. Growing up in the Bay, you see, I've been seeing all this for years, so I've never really like tripped off it. You know what I mean? Which anything like gay. Trans, well, uh, that I mean, that's a fact. I mean, yeah. like when you're oh, here, when, we in just the bay, see it. We well, in the bay, in the bay, you get your you probably got your first openly gay friend in the second or third grade who's like, yeah. oh, just so everybody and you're like, cool, cool. dope. Or, I didn't actually, or to they be honest with you, yet. I didn't know that I was straight yet. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how did you know you liked boys? You know what yeah. mean? Like you know, so so the funny thing is, you you know, I think you're absolutely right. Here, there is that element of like already yeah. you know it's already included i'm 100 percent spoiled man i've traveled the world and every time i go somewhere i'm like god i can't wait to get home it's beautiful you guys got great food great sites but the segregation that you have over here or when you go to the south and be like you still live here why would you have to deal with this if you know oh, we can't go over there because that's that side of town and you can't do this and we can't i'm like man i'm just gonna go back to the bay yeah i, I can't comprehend that you know where yeah. it's like a bit it's because i've loved the mountain melting pot that we have you know what i mean whether we go to deep San Jose, we go up to like SAC like that. It's so crazy out here how we all get together and we all go to all the functions. Yes. Right. Even certain, like you can go to like a Filipino function and there'd still be a whole bunch of different people there because we all, I just want to see what y'all have popping over here. We up in there. You know what I mean? What? How did it end up that way here? I just, oh shit. It, I took it from school. You know, that first day of school, you start seeing everybody. Yeah. This is a, this is a funny story. I'm born in Passaic, New Jersey. So, I grew up around Puerto Ricans, blacks, uh, Italians. I moved to the Bay Area back when I was like five, six years old. And I remember my first day of like first grade or something like this, it was Juan and Gerardo. And Juan said to me, he said, I don't know how he acts this. He goes, do you know what I am? And I go, yeah, you're Puerto Rican. <laughs> and he goes, why would you say that? He goes, oh, I was like, I grew up around Puerto Ricans and you kind of look like a Puerto Rican, so. He goes, I'm Mexican. And I was like, what's Mexican? And he taught uh, me what Mexican was. You didn't it, know what Mexican was then? I'd never seen a Mexican person before. Because in New York, it See, was, I mean, in New Jersey, it was all Puerto if, Rican. If you call a Puerto Rican Mexican, it's offensive Oh, to it's them. a fight. But if you call a Mexican Puerto Rican like me, I'd be like, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be that. Right. So from Juan and Gerardo, it came to like, uh, I can't think it was uh, Miguel 
And then it became learning what the Filipino family was. And then after school, you start going to houses and go, oh, your mom cooks this. Shit. Cool, cool. You're Today, today's lumpia day. You know? Oh, yeah. my God. You know I'm what I mean? Going, I'm going thing, to your spot. The only thing I didn't like was the fish head on the table. And I said, Jabon, you don't want to eat the food? No, I don't want to eat the food. <laughs> There's a fucking fish head on the table. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, how I know. I grew shit. up in these houses. You, shouldn't have, you shouldn't have went to Jewish, Russian Jewish houses. And then you had that gefilte fish with the face looking at gefilte you. Gefilte fish. Yo, that's how I knew a house I wouldn't go to no more. With that big, if they had the fish head on the table, I'm done. Yo, Manny used to come over to my house, and basically my parents thought that he was our IT guy. Bro, <laughs> Yo, I swear to from God, the bro. age of 13, Manny was fixing our Wi-Fi. That was all he did every time he came over. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> was happening in their house. He was every good. time I show up, the Wi-Fi's out. <laughs> Manny, yeah, so Manny, my, send Manny. And all I'm doing is yeah, just so unplugging Manny. and restarting that bitch, and, and then I'm the savior. Yo, at my house, like Dude. people just could not wrap their minds around the Wi-Fi. Yeah. It was like, yo, it's hella funny because everybody talks about Russian people being hackers and shit, but my. <laughs> I had to call my Mexican friend over to be fucking with the wires and shit. That was that was always hella funny to me that my mom was always like, can you ask Manny to come fix a Wi-Fi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be driving from San Leandro and shit. Come to fix it. Yeah. That's dope, man. But yeah, the mountain part of the Bay Area is, is nothing like it. I've been all over the world, man. It's nothing like the Bay Area. We are one here. So when I hear all these things on the news and I watch CNN all day, I'd be like, yeah, fuck that. I ain't going there. So what, do you, so, so what do you feel about what's happening in the Bay Area with the housing crisis? Because it ultimately, you know, benefits the people who can afford to overbid on things specifically. Yeah. You're saying people like my mom, Manny's mom, selling their home so they can have a retirement fund, not being able to, mm-hmm. you know, buy back into the area, right? And you're seeing a lot of folks leave. So ultimately... You know, when you're when you're riding through Ghost Town, West Oakland, mm-hmm. I mean, you you see, you know, falling down house, falling down house, new modern house, new modern house, <laughs> yeah, yeah. OG family that's Dog living there, up. still holding on to everything. Uh, you know, some brand new like duplex that somebody just bought with like all modern finishes and all this stuff, and you are seeing where the neighborhood's going to a point where like people are getting ultimately priced out and pushed out. Yeah. But you also see there being changes. Like when I was a kid, you didn't go through West Oakland. You just didn't. Even if you, like, you may go to the taco truck in East Oakland, but you weren't going through West Oakland. (laughs) You just didn't. You ain't even getting off at Bart. You just (laughs) keeping it moving. Okay. The families that are getting pushed out, a lot of them out there, their mothers and grandmothers owned those houses and they didn't take care of it and they sold it and gave it away to the people. Those first generations that sold those houses. And once it, they start getting pushed out, there was nothing you can do. So they start going to Pittsburgh, Antioch. Now it's Tracy, Stockton. Right. Huh? This whole area is... So, you know, Salinas. Like, right. Uh, yeah. The things that we're talking about right now are never going to happen in this area ever again. The culture, whatever it is. This is going to become Disneyland. Yo, did you see that movie, mm-hmm. The Last Black Man in San Francisco? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yo, that movie to me, first of all, artistically was one of the like best movies that I've seen. Um for just from an aesthetic standpoint, the cinematography was some of the most beautiful cinematography I'd mm. seen. Like that scene where he's uh, skating, I think he's like rolling down like Ashbury Terrace or some somewhere around there um, over by the hate. And watching that movie, man, it like, it depressed me. It made me feel hella depressed because I think about the fact that my parents would never have been able to grow their family here. They came here as refugees with 0.0. Mm-hmm. 
and built almost a middle-class life or pretty much a middle-class life here. And that was possible back in the day. Manny's dad was uh, in construction. Yeah. You know, it's like... Bought a property in San Leandro. You know, damn near paid it off. Like, and and you guys lived a, you know, pretty middle-class lifestyle. Like, Very you know, and shared bedrooms. Yeah, Very, well, I yeah. mean, I feel like that was kind of the way, the way of the world. Most of my friends, even, even the ones who, if you look back now probably were not middle class. Mm-hmm. They still lived in a house, a right. lot of them. Not right. all of them, obviously. A lot of them, you know, especially in Section A housing in the hood, you know, you you had those friends too. But you just kind of felt like it was possible if you wanted to accomplish it. Yeah. And today it doesn't feel as possible, if at all possible. It doesn't feel, you know, the prices of houses now. It's you gross. Think, man, your grandparents probably bought that house for like 50,000. Facts. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> okay. Fifty thousand, and now it's a house is like eight uh, apartment, eight hundred thousand. It's like they don't want us here. Do you want to spend the rest of your life here? I would love to. Can I? Can Can you see yourself working in radio elsewhere? Mm, nah, not really. If I could stay here and do it remotely, like we're doing something like this, I would do it. Me going to move to like New York City, I don't know, L.A. I could try it if I wanted to, yeah. but it would have to like me starting over. Being on radio here for like twenty five years, yeah, I mean, and starting over it'd be like rough. And then I've been to these areas, and I'd be like, I really don't like how y'all get down like that. I mean, well, let me ask you this: so, I mean, I feel like anyone who grew up here mm-hmm. grew up to your voice. Mm-hmm. Facts. You, you know, Chewy Gomez, mm-hmm. Mind Motion. Well, he's more of a DJ, but still. you know. He talks about uh, Yeah, baby. Victor Saragossa. Big Daddy. Yeah, turn turn right. off the lights. Yeah. Victor Saragossa. <laughs> yo, you'd be calling in like, yo, do me a favor. Yeah. Will, you, will you play that Keith Sweat for me? <laughs> <laughs> this one goes out to Raquel from Ramiro. I love you, baby. I'll see you home soon. Yo, that was the dude. That was the Those best. were the days, yes, yo, so, man. So, okay. And to that point, right? When I think about the golden age of radio for me, for my life, right. and the voices that like came in through that radio, it'd be at nighttime. You sitting in your bed, you looking at the moon, yeah. and you listening to the radio. Like yeah. I remember listening to the radio, waiting for the song that you wanted to play because you didn't have yep. instant access to the song. I had my yeah. cassette ready, baby. Oh Yo, in case, yeah. So when that song came, on I'm here record. On pause. Yeah, I'm here record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that was like that was for me when I think about radio, when I think about the personalities, the people. You, in a way, you guys were almost doing like your. Um, you know, fireside chats like the Theodore Roosevelt, the way that generation felt about that. For me in the Bay Area, you know, that's the way I felt about it, right? Right. How do you feel about where radio is at in the Bay Area and in general? Do you feel like the good times are gone or do you feel like you're in the good times? Like, how do you perceive it? The good times are gone from like that. Because we, it, you didn't have anything. We had video games and the radio. Yeah. And you did them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Facts. You know what I mean? Huge You do facts. your homework or something. That radio was on. Then yep. we turn on, play a few video games, might catch Arsenio or something, then go to bed. Boop. These kids now have too many things going on. Too many on. options. Overstimulated. The, you know, the TikToks and all things Everything's like that. Everything's on demand. Well, Damn. shit, even porn. It's oh like, my gosh. Yo, porn, Don't like, get me started, bro. dude. Like, it's bro. too many options on porn. Yeah, oh, remember back in the day, we, yo, if you had a book, yo, let me get the book, man. Let me see. Yo, you, had the, you, you were trying to go in between channels. Yo, if Chick- you had the rigged box, you guys have the rigged oh, box? I had the black yeah, box. Oh, the black we're box. sharing yeah. the box. They don't understand what we got. And then in the golden times of radio, 
it was more like like the Warriors. Like I'd be like, hey man, it's going down on uh, 10th and Mission over here. We got this over there. It's just opened up. We like, yo, word. They're over there right now? A new candy store? They pulling up. Let's go. So and so's in town. Really? That would told you what was going on. Right. Now it's like, you know, you'll probably catch them from their Instagram or something like that. Me doing it now is you got to be really topical and telling them what's going on. And they don't and like a lot of people think that with the streaming side that you gotta do it because you get your regular song. So that means I have to have more information going on in the area than ever. Because when you're in the, if you could mostly, the kids don't listen to the radio because they don't have cars. Did you have to change, switch your game That's up in point. terms of talking points, keeping people on the channel? Did you have to get more spicy, more provocative? Have you changed it up at all? Uh, nah, I don't like to do the he say, she say type gossipy type stuff mm -hmm. because my mentor is Sway. Right. And he comes the greatest the, legend. You know, without him, I wouldn't be what I am today. And there's a lot of people that came, but he really stays on my ass. So when he comes to visit his family, he checks and, in. Oh, I get the call. So why'd you say that? Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking it was kind of cool. You know, you could have cut that a little bit. You know, like, okay, bro. Yo, that's whatever. dope. So he still gives you notes like that. All day. That's all so, day. Yeah. Yo, Sway's one of those personalities that I look at still to this day. Like, and the funny thing is, like, am I wrong in feeling like, he has that more bi-coastal national audience. Yeah. Like yeah. even because it, when I grew up, I knew who Sway was. Mm -hmm. what, what was it, Tech and Sway? Yeah. King Tech and Sway, yeah. Wake Up Wake Show. Up show. Yeah. And so I used to listen to King Tech and Sway. And so I knew who Sway was. Mm -hmm. But then I go to New York and I felt like everybody knew who Sway was there. Yeah. Then you go to LA and everybody, like, so he, he transcended. He went from KML down to uh, 92 The Beat and they were simulcasting the show. And then they put him on Mornings on Hot 97 in New York. Right. And uh, then when he got, at the same time, they put him on MTV. And he's had the highest rating and likability on MTV for like the past 20 years. He is hella likable when you see him. Oh, 100%. Is he, for, is he that likable in person? Oh, he's the greatest. I mean. Because he's, he's been to the restaurant with you and he was super gracious. Oh, I had gracious. to bring him. Cause, cause, I had to bring I, him. Yo, because I seen him, I, you know, I told you that story where I was sitting next to him on the plane. I had to turn around and be like, yo, I'm sorry. I, I just got to tell you. I'm a fan. Yeah. Like, I love you. Like, <laughs> I grew up with you. Yeah. Like, I, and I was a cook back then, and I was traveling from uh, LA yeah. to New York from one job to another. Yeah. And I just had to be like, yo, dude, I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah. You had like, to give me some moments. And he was so nice, bro. He sat there and we, we chopped it up. And I know I, I overstayed my welcome, but he, and because, you know, at some point, sometimes you, you don't know when to, right. when to stop. And he was so gracious. Like he he was so calm, cool, very engaging. He made you feel like he wanted to be talking to you. He's, and he's genuinely interested in anybody that's telling him a good story about life. Or if you like, if you loved it, he wants to know. He wants to know why you did it. Right. Like I've walked down the street with this man so many times. Let me say it takes an hour and a half to get a block. Right. Because he's there. Like what's happening? What's going on? I'm like, bro, we gotta get to the thing right now. No, shh, it's okay. It's okay. Ugh. So many times. And I got to say congratulations to him. He just got inducted to the Radio Hall of Fame. Yo, Mazel Tov. Hey. That's dope. Shout to him That's for dope. doing that. Well, man. I mean, when you talk about somebody, you can't talk about somebody who's more deserving than that. So to that point, is he like, are you the last of a dying breed? Or are you seeing people coming up within radio that you still view as being able to carry the torch? Or do we view radio as something that's going to go away eventually? Radio will never go away because it's like the poor man's television. Hmm. Like, like I said, kids don't have radios. You get a radio when you get a car. 
Right. And when you got a real job and you get in that car, you turn it on. You may not like these same little 10 songs that go on, but you want to go, why the fuck is this bridge not moving? But do you feel like... <laughs> you feel me? You feel me? You want to yeah. know. Why is there... Why I woke up this morning, it was ash in the air. What the hell is going on? But yeah. what about the access, though? Like, the access to all the apps, the access to any song they want to hear whenever they want it, the access to podcasts. You had the same thing when you had CDs and you had tapes. That's real. When you were on the radio, we knew that if I played a bad song, I lost you for 45 minutes to that CD. I knew that. And then the iPod came, and it was like, fuck, you got to be on your game. Because if they get into the iPod, I'll never get them back. You're going to use the iPod for a little bit, then you'll eventually be like, well, I've heard all the songs that I put in here. Let me see what they got going on there. So how come they play? Or, so I'm not going to lie to you. I have not listened to the radio mm-hmm. uh, in terms of musical radio mm-hmm. in so long. I listened to talk radio more than anything now. And, you know, what I feel like the last thing I remember in radio is you would hear the same shit over and over. Oh, yeah. So how do you not lose people when you're playing the same thing? The average driving time of a car or someone going to work is 45 minutes. You want to hear the hit record, a classic record, and a brand new record, the news, what's going on, and traffic. Because I only have you for 45 minutes. Oh, so that's the algorithm. That's, that's hella real. I yeah. didn't know that's, even know that's that. That's the algorithm is 100%. Game. And that makes sense on my morning commutes because I'm like, I get everything. See what I'm saying? Everything. By the time I get to my job, I'm like, all right, I know the weather. I just heard that slap. Okay, they updated How about me this? why that bridge was fucked up. So you heard, uh, I don't know, whatever the new song is right now. We'll say I get around Tupac. You heard it, right? You went to the store. You got out the car. That shit was on again. Yep. You were in there 45 minutes. And after a while, you can start <laughs> gauging it like, Oh, I was in there like an hour. Fuck. You know what I'm saying? This shit came back around. If I hear it again, all right. Yeah. And then people like to argue with me about radio and things like that. And I was like, well, everything works like that. Right. Television. True. uh, MTV does the same thing with videos. Sports Center. They play the same thing over and over and over and over. It's just that with radio, you just see like, oh, if I hear this fucking song one more time, you never say, if I hear this same thing about the Bulls one more time, I'm mad at them. Right. So let me ask you this. Where do you see your career going? Do you feel like you are at the top of where you want to be in your career? Or do you still view there as being like another kind of lily pad that you want to jump to? Um, on the radio side, I've kind of built this kingdom out here for a long time of like, I've been here 25 years. I've broken a lot of records. I've helped a lot of people and I've been, I've, parlayed into being with one of my favorite rap groups because I DJ for Most Def and Talib Kweli and they've taken me around the world. That's dope. So next, I kind of want to move it to working for myself and more like a, like a talk show type thing. Like every night on my uh, Instagram, I do a show called PST. Mm-hmm. And I did I saw that. that with you and Dame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I talk every I day. <laughs> <laughs> I started that because. By the way, anybody who is listening, you should check it out. It uh, it's on Big Von's Instagram. Yes, sir. He does it Instagram Live. And what time do you do it? Eight o'clock PST. And you know, first of all, trigger warning. You know, if you uh, <laughs> if you are overly sensitive, there don't are come. Some, yeah, don't, don't come. come. But it is. Absolutely hysterical, and they uh, they debate and litigate some of the um, you know some of the finer points of life, like whether or not they should be getting uh, um, conjugal visits in the bubble for the NBA, which Big Von believes like pretty much resoundingly is a no. He thinks that if you don't win the chip, 
you should not get. That's right. No win, no trim. <laughs> no, they they don't deserve it, man. They making well, millions, man. Well, There's no true. reason to do that. Well, it's like uh, professional fighters. They don't, you know, they're not supposed to. So, right. all right. That's what so I I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back though to the career. So you, so do you feel like that is the direction you wanna you wanna take it in? I do, but I still genuinely love playing records. DJing is my heart. Yeah. So I do. Cameo Monday through Saturday, and then I do satellite radio on Sundays from 3 to 5 where I play classic hip-hop and new hip-hop and things like that. I can never get away from it. And you're, you're doing the stream like from the house uh, when you do that on, on Saturdays? I do like streaming Twitch on Sundays. Or? Sundays. Okay. I'll do it on a satellite. Or if, I go to this, if I go to New York, I could do it in their studios too. Yeah. But I just like doing it here. You know what I mean? Right, right. And with that being said... I still just want to DJ. The talk show thing, I can do it. And I only started the PST thing because, like like we said, from a Bay Area point of view, I keep bringing it back to this, no one talked about us. Mm. They don't talk about Mac Dre like they need to. They don't talk about Short like they need to. They don't talk about Foy like that. And then on the West, on like the LA side, they don't talk about Sugar Free. They don't give Snoop the credit. Snoop is a god. It's my man. But they don't. I don't think they respect it like they need to respect it. So I was like, yo, let's start it out now. Talk it out. Sway gave me some pointers and told me how to really run it. And I'm like, this is from, a, that's why it's called PST, Pacific Standard Time. Because no one talks about things like us. We don't, we have a big melting pot of things. I'm going to bring in all the things that we grew up with and talk about them. And like, you need to learn about this. Y'all can't just be biased to all that old New York and then sometimes Southern shit. Y'all not going to leave us out of the conversation. Right. You can't. It's you, too much influence. They try though. So, you, yo, you should hear some of the fights I have. Oh my God. With some of the best of them. We don't know who that is. Like, yo, your schooly schools and your silly cells. I'm like, yo, you watch your mouth. You know what I'm saying? I'll call him and he say it to his face. Well, so like if you were to ask anyone outside of the Bay, and especially any newcomers in the Bay, if you were to ask them who San Quinn is, nobody could they tell you. Know. Nah, they wouldn't know. No, none of them could tell you who San Quinn is. A few. And there's a lot of people that see, but when we was popping in the city and there was things going on, people were coming and seeing it. Yeah, no, it was listen, it was legit. Back in the back in the day, there was a pop palpable feeling of genre that was here it was here and you know whether you know whether it was hyro whether it was souls of mischief whether it was uh the grouch and you know and them <laughs> yeah. cats like you know it's like all 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 those people and then you talk about like everyone from vallejo whether it's mac dre whether it's you know rapping about Crestside, like all you know all that stuff for me felt like it was a part of that you know kind of this here here's your box set of yeah. shit that you better know yeah if you're growing up here and the ultimate bay area compilation that you got to understand and digest all this, all these classic music right mac w mall wide open how many times have we always slap wide open in your blue mustang yo that was <laughs> yo that was the jam son top, we had drop the top yo wide open yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yo you know, still yeah. in the restaurant we'd be slapping like chicken grease and uh, chicken wings <laughs> and hot grease like yeah. yo like uh, that whole mac mall album by the way is fire i feel like it does Shout not get mac enough mall, uh, enough enough love but you know like the thing is um, you know, you look at the genre here, and if I were to say the majority of the people I grew up listening to, mm -hmm. e even someone that I consider to be iconic and legendary, if I talk about Be Legit mm -hmm. with a number of people who consider themselves to be rap fans, hip hop fans, a lot of them don't know anything about it. Right. No. Why, why is it? Why has it not? I think the only one who has transcended mostly 
who, if you look at it, you should be able to easily call him a top 10 rapper of all time is E-40. Mm-hmm. Facts. And for the most part, he's probably the one that's broken out the most. And still, when you talk about him and compare it right. to the way people talk about all-time rappers, why do we not get that love? Because they didn't take it serious. We were having fun. Like, this is a fun area. We like to dance. We look crazy. We're going to come into your intersection and we're going to do donuts with 5,000 kids and we're going to dance on top of the car. And when they seen that, they were like, it was funny to them. It was real to us. Right. They didn't take it serious. They're they're going dumb. Yo, by the way, hey, shout, uh, shout out to Dame Dollar for going dumb when he dropped that. That, that absolute ball. spear on uh, it, it was on the Lakers like game one. Yeah. yeah, it was game one. He dropped it from like it was like <laughs> what like forty feet out, forty fe- forty five yeah. feet out, and then he hit. Yeah, the, and then yeah, they were they were turf what, dancing. Yeah, what what were they playing? They were playing Blow like show me when to go. Blow the whistle. Oh, Blow the whistle. I I was just like man, that's something that felt so bay like and and that was like that was like he incredible to me. Like, he reps us. He reps us to the fullest. You know what I mean? It's, you know what's good, though? The guys that play for the Warriors. They are town-bound people right now. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Draymond, yeah. Clay, Steph, they have, we, they're part of us. They, I think they should they never be traded. It. Never to be traded. I don't care what they do. They can have no knees. Yo, by the way, <laughs> by the way, so, like, I, I've had this conversation. I can't remember whether it was you, Manny, or whether it was Ricky or whatever, but basically telling me that, you know, like once someone loses their value, like before they lose their value, you got to right. trade them. And for me, I'm one of those people that, yo, if you are legendary, you're iconic, you won three championships here, I want to ride with you till the end. And if that means our team sucks for a while, but you're on our team till the end, till you, till you retire, right? Then, then I rock it till the wheels fall off. That's the way I believe. They deserve statues. I agree. Hell yeah. I agree. I remember when you can go to the game for $2. Straight up. You could play for 20 And, and get a <laughs> Yo, does Dur- uh, okay, so does Durant, does Durant deserve a statue? No. Does Durant deserve to have his, his jersey in the Raptors? Yes. Why? Because he came. He helped. He did his part. Yeah. He did help. I'm not saying he didn't, but he, he was helped. here for three seasons. We wouldn't, nah, we wouldn't, he's we wouldn't not, have he's got not two. those three, though. We wouldn't have got two without him. Right, but I'm not gonna give it. Put is him that, on the is statue. That, is that factual? But we won one without him, and that says that is that 100%. factual? So that's the thing. So is it factual? We wouldn't have got at least another one without him. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll never know, man. But what 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 the what does it take for you to say that he's part of the greats of what we have? I'm not saying he's not one of the greats. Not saying he's not one of the greats, but like. These three, but when they were we there talk before, about and iconic, they're there after. they were homegrown, basically. That, you know, I think, and that it's, means more. I to think me. it's to the point of what we're talking about. It's a ness, mm-hmm. like it's a bay ness, mm-hmm. a warrior ness. It's the feeling of absorption. You have adopted this place, right? And so when you talk about the idea of someone feeling loyal to the soil, it is that like, yo, this is my place, mm-hmm. and. If you traded me, I'm going to feel some kind of way about it. Like, even to the point where, honestly, I felt like Harrison Barnes was more that representation. And he felt some kind of way about getting traded because he was like, yo, this is, I, I felt like I was a part of that. Not to say that he should not have been traded for Kevin Durant. That would be stupid. Right. But I will say that I viewed Harrison Barnes more as a warrior in his, like, core mm-hmm. when he was here than I did Kevin Durant ever. I never viewed well, him the, as a warrior. I viewed him as a rental. The same could be said I'll about Iguodala. 
I didn't view, no, I disagree no? with that wholeheartedly. I felt Iguodala embraced the Niss. He, I mean, he came. You think about the sacrifice. My dude was an all-star and then came off the bench. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then right. For and, the greater good. For the greater good of the, of the squad. And he was, um, by the way, if anybody hasn't read that book by Ethan Sherwood Strauss, uh, Victory Machine, mm-hmm. where he breaks down kind of, you know, the beginning of the, you know, the era of greatness, you know, first, you know, last season with Mark Jackson, all the way up to, you know, uh, Kevin leaving and all of that. Uh, you should read it. It's, it's, it's fascinating. But it talks about how Iguodala's role was probably one of the most key and pivotal roles. Like that trade mm-hmm. set off the championship era, right? Like that was the main factor right. that like got everything started. And when Iguodala came, I felt like there was a level of embracing the area, embracing um, you know, the team culture, embracing what was needed in a way that I never saw from Durant. Like, I, actually, that's not true. I want to say that I felt like Durant embraced what we needed for about 80% of one season. Right. You know, when you saw the fact that, like, Draymond was making him a better defender, mm-hmm. when you saw the fact that he was embracing, like, you know, passing the ball and being a part of, like, the strength and numbers kind of feel and the crowd and everything like that. Then at some point, he started getting back into his, like, mercurial way. Mm-hmm. And I just, I felt like that wasn't, the bay shit like that's why you don't get to be the statue we get three (laughs) those three together it's the mount rush but you're cool with the jersey being retired yeah he helped all right you remember those times yo check it out it's too many teams in the bay area we have one basketball team so when the Warriors win, we are united. You be at the stoplight, then yeah. go Warriors. Go Warriors. That's, that's, that's the only thing Facts. that unites everybody in the only thing I agree. The I Baseball agree. season is a fight. Yep. <laughs> you go on Bart, it's crazy. Yo, yep. except, for, I, except for I'll tell you, there's nothing that infuriates me more than people from the Bay who are Laker fans. Yeah. Yo, it, yeah. it upsets me. Yeah. I can't yeah, stand I, it, bro. It's weird. Like, you like, how can you do this? Yeah. Like, why? It's like, bro, like, why are you at this parade, bro? Like, <laughs> why are you with us? Yeah. Yo, but then, but then they do that, uh, that sideways shit where they're like, yo, I'm, I'm rooting for the Warriors, except for I'm talking shit about them lightweight. <laughs> and you're like, yo, you ain't rooting for what? No, and then you're at the, like you said, you're yeah. at the parade. Yeah. Yo, like, like, why'd you come with yeah. us? Yeah. I like, mean, why are you wearing that championship yeah. hat? Yo, you ain't one of <laughs> us. That traitor, show. move. Yeah. He's a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> Get him out of here. Yeah. He's not with us. Wear that OT. Two Laker champion hat, Yo, bro. Hey, like, man. Well, listen. I wait, feel- wait, wait. Before we go, I want to ask because me and him had a full text conversation about this. Yeah. This bubble thing. These guys that make millions that live at Disneyland. Do they deserve to have conjural visits more than all the rest of the stuff they have down there? Mm. Are they married? Is it their wife? I don't, I don't care. It doesn't Yo, even so, matter. Yo, he, Von he don't said, care. He Von said, don't he shit. said, I treat them like it's in jail. You see what you told yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah. I would say if this is your wife, not a jump off. Right. That's family. Have at it. Mm. But if it's a jump off, like who's who got caught trying to sneak somebody in? Oh, the Seahawk guy. Yeah. The Seahawk guy is crazy. You heard about this? No. The Seahawk, I can't think it was Cavell something. He tried to sneak a girl into the hotel and he dressed her like a Seahawks uh, <laughs> worker <laughs> and got caught. Yeah, that's fire. Yeah, hey, hey, yo, respect. Too. That, that's respect. She must She must got some cream. Oh, he got cut. He got cut instantly. He's done. Yeah. Yo, yeah, he, he got done. cut? Yeah, it's what? a wrap. It's done. A wrap. It's a wrap. Done. Yo, that wasn't like some swaggy pea shit. Like, yo, that was like. That, yeah. <laughs> what did he do? He just went to go get some chicken wings, right? Yeah. No, but no, he went to uh, Magic City. No, that wasn't swaggy. That's uh, 
Who went? Not Lou Williams. No, I'm talking about Swaggy P doing dumbass shit, like trying to bring weed in a uh, beverage cup, not realizing that beverages aren't allowed on planes anyways. <laughs> <laughs> How did you put contraband inside a contraband? <laughs> not realizing that that shit wasn't allowed to begin with. Like, I mean, at least that that was clever. Like you That's dressed not her, clever. Dressed her That's up like an employee. Clever. Come on, man. We old school. You, you supposed to do that, that in the car. Nuts. Do it in the car. Do it in the car. Remember old school? Man, we used to do that in the car. Yo, bro, but that was the generation. That shit worked. <laughs> that shit was, that worked. I don't know how you're going to try and pass that like, yo, I'm a, I'm a millionaire at this point, but we're going to have to rock it in the car. Well, they've got video of her walking in. They go, oh, did you do this with this? Get, uh, get a box. Get a box. Get it out of here. Yo, so what, so the homeboy's done with basketball done. for now? No he, he, oh, who, no, he was playing football. Oh, the Seahawks. And, my bad. Right. So where was it? Uh, I think it was up in where was the hotel at? Cause I don't think they started playing yet. I think they were training. Yeah, it's training camp. I think. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Well, he got he fucked up. Siverin was cut because he caught trying to sneak a woman in his room at the team hotel. Twenty-three year old rookie out of Oklahoma State even tried to disguise the woman in a Seahawks hoodie to make her look like a player. <laughs> Bruh, she, she must she must got some fire. It must taste like cinnamon because. <laughs> <laughs> Is it worth it? Was it worth it? Your life is definitely like, yo. was not worth that much money. Yo, it definitely but was not worth. Circling that much back money. to the bubble, I think if it's like you said, treat it like Jeff. If that's your wife and y'all are married, legit. That's family. Have at it. But if it's a jump off, nah. I say no wife, nothing. When the yo, chip, Ivan is cold. He's like, if you don't get the, yo, and by the way, if you don't get the chip, you get no ass till next year. None, Shit. none. This well is dry. Nothing, nothing. nothing. no <laughs> wings, no trim. You get nothing <laughs> at all. You get a playbook. Yo, he's, bro, yo, that's he, gonna be a new movement going on. These women gonna be like, shit. Yo, you better bring home that trip, they, that, that chip. They bringing home millions, millions. Uh, well, we're gonna have to wrap it up here. I want to ask Vaughn one one question. All right, tell one, us one question in your legendary career broadcasting. How does it feel to have that to come up from the bottom to the cream of the crop and have that responsibility? You're like the gatekeeper as far as Bay Area music goes, right? So mm. if you if they say that, well, <laughs> it's, it's been alleged. It's been alleged. 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 Yeah. You know, it's been said. And you're responsible for breaking a lot of records from yeah. a lot of artists in our area. How does it feel to like know that you have that you have something to do with that influence to be able to? Are you asking what does the responsibility feel like? Yeah. Like that's that, um, that, that's that's a kind of a big deal, right? Like to be able to help somebody, you know, thrive, or 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 not, or basically pass on it. Okay, it's like being a coach of a team. That's real. Because I'm gonna get the record and try to help you with your career and try to get you on the right path. And then I'm saying, like, I know you just want to, like, if you live here, you have a record you want to get on, and you think this is it. And I'm like, no, man, it might not like, be it. But even if it is, it's still a world game. True. You want to be known in the Bay, but I'm like, bro, they got to know you in LA. They got to know you in Chicago. They got to know you in Texas. They got to know you in New York City. And then when I go other places and I meet other people like me and I have to have arguments. So like with you, I'd be like, so, you know, Bila did this. Who's Bila? What you mean you don't know who Bila Jit is? You know what I mean? That's hurtful. And they're telling me about <laughs> their people. And I'd be like, I don't know who the fuck that is. You know what I'm saying? I know who Bila Jit is. I don't know who this guy is. So we have these competitions. So my thing is like, I'm just trying to get these guys to be more worldly. Like, cause a lot of records we grew up with are mad dirty. And I'd be like, okay, I understand we love that and it's fun, but you understand there are parents that got their kids in the car and they don't want them to sing well, something. Doesn't have marketability. Doesn't, right. Can't right. get radio play can't be on good morning america right you can't perform these things and these are the things that i have to do so it's like it's kind of a weight so there's something they'll be like yo you're a hater you just hate everything I'm like nah dude nah. i just need you to get in the game and win because i could play it a thousand times and we might get big here but if i can't get la to if pick it doesn't up on, break outside right why are we doing this right 
You right. in the music business. You making music or you selling music. You can make it all day, but can you give it to these people? Right. And it's hard. Then we start explaining to them like, yo, you got it doubly hard because West Coast music doesn't stream as high as anything else. So, I mean, we got to work doubly hard. Why is that? Do you feel like there's something about the cadence? Do you think there's something about the beats, like the sound or... What is about it that doesn't feel like... Because I will say that there was a moment where, you know, this is probably 2006, mm-hmm. 2007, where, you know, the hyphy movement, quote unquote, like mm-hmm. started to catch fire and you'd be in the club in Vegas and it's like, tell me when to go. And yeah. all of a sudden that, the whole is- room went dumb and you'd be seeing white kids from Idaho <laughs> with this face and you'd be like, this is a beautiful thing. I, I was like, honestly, it was a beautiful thing to watch us transcend cultures, but I have never seen it since. And I didn't really see it before. For me, it was scary. It was really scary. Because I was like, they're not with us. They're either laughing at us or they think it's just funny. And the, the timer's oh, on. Oh, you felt like it was like a, like like a, a character. Ca- like, the time- they, like they were like yeah. doing. They're like, oh, this is fun right now. Yeah. Oh. And uh-huh. it was a timer on it. When, it, when, it, when you start uh-huh. seeing shit big like that, it's a timer. Right. We got like another three months and then this shit is over. Sway says, yo, I'm coming to town. I'm doing this thing called On My Block. Tell everybody, get it together. And once I drop it and I take a do an interview with everybody, they got three months. And after that three months, yes, I don't know what's going to happen. And he came. He did an interview with everybody. The whole hyphy movement. And we start moving. Then we start getting record deals trying to get in. And people will be like, I'm like, all right, dudes, we got to get this deal. You got to make it happen. He, one guy walk in. I want a million dollars. We're like, what the fuck is you doing? You can't get a million dollars? Like, it ain't, we're not even established yet. You know what right. I mean? So then it's like, okay, guys, we got like four or five groups here. You guys got to do it like a rock band. You guys got to get on the bus and you got to travel up and down the coast. And then we got to go through all the chitlin circuits to make sure they get it. You got a campaign. We got to, didn't happen. How much we getting paid? Well, it's no money yet. Gotta we got a promo. That time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And trying to explain what a rock band is to like Bay Area rap kids is weird. But right. Like, what do you mean they got in a van and who's Geggy Ta? I don't know who this is. Like, what do you mean? Like, well, so right. let, let me let me bring it back to you know someone who is you know happening kind of currently, right? Mm-hmm. You you got a Jeezy kind of yeah. You know who's I feel like transcending some. Uh, culture, uh, cultural kind of, you know, he's more, uh, more uh, kind of being more accepted by the pop yeah, he's crowd. A, he's a star, and he, yeah, he is right, and and getting play all over the country. Mm-hmm. How much of that has to do with the fact that he's white? Yep, all of it. <laughs> like, well, I also think the the branding behind him was was genius because they yo, it's, dope. it's like the James Dean, right? Yeah. But isn't that the same? But isn't that like the Elvis story, like just retold? It is. That's a good And it's point. 100% done. But when you, from being from here, and he's he's a town bound Oh, yeah, 100, 100%. 100%. Born and raised yeah. in Berkeley. Like, yeah, no, yeah. I feel 100%. Like- but his sound, his biggest records aren't the Bay sound. And he gives no, his, not at all. He gives Bay it's records very, all the time. It's very yeah. unique. His sound is very unique. But it's worldly. He's got town swag, though. He's got Bay Area oh, 100%, swag. 100 yeah. um, Even with the kind of like leather jacket and everything yeah. like that, that that whole feeling of of of, of like feeling yourself. And like he's that. a genuinely nice guy. 100. Yeah. percent That's my brother. I love super Peter nice Duff. guy. But when you get on the Bay Area, what the Bay Area is, we know him and we love him. He's our biggest guy. But it's not too shortish. Well, no, of course you can't be. The body of work isn't there. The no, not the body not of work, there. but like. His biggest record will never feel like blow the whistle. Right. 
There's a feeling in that. Hell yeah. d is 10 years old, and that record still bangs to this day. Shit. You're from get, the Bay Area. You get, rich, even know get rich or die trying. Like, I mean. It, <laughs> you got to have. The, it's something that after you got to have. So we're. We didn't get it. They didn't. They didn't bite into it. Like, and then it got weird because we were dancing on cars. Remember, we used to have big ass sun, sunglasses on and shit. And we was wild. <laughs> Yo, I'm literally about to get in my car and start rolling. Crazy. Get in where you fit until I get home. Like, <laughs> literally. No, I, I, I and and I and I feel that. But how much of that is a product of the times and the fact that music doesn't feel like it's built to last anymore? It's part of the times. It's part of the business. How so? Well, a lot of bad deals went on. They didn't sign the right deals. They didn't go on tour. We didn't work it like we supposed to work it. I quarterbacked enough to get it going here. We there were meetings. Yeah. Well, all of us. Yeah. Forty. Little John helped us. Little John came in and gave us a crazy alley oop. Keek was still running. Mister Fab was involved. We had the Federation. Rick Rock. We had a whole thing going on. And it just didn't get to where we needed because we didn't work together like we needed to. We weren't And you felt unified. that's the thing that didn't calcify the fact that, like, everybody and, – and you felt like, you know, for example, do you feel like back in the day, you know, probably 20 years before that, maybe even 30 years, mm-hmm. do you feel like people in New York were working together more? Oh, 100%. And the really? South too, right? The South got it a little bit later. Of course, yeah. The South was like, you know – what mid nineties? No, late nineties. Yeah, um, by the time they got Outkast and then they got uh, the Goody Mob, right? And then going into the early aughts. But um, you know, so what was the difference there then? How were they working together in a way that the Bay Area artists were not? They came here. We seen them. Our guys didn't go nowhere. We went on the citywide tour of so San Jose, just, Sacramento, yeah. and San Francisco. So they were just unwilling to leave. Oh, hundred percent. You got to get in the car. If you're anybody that's making music and you listen to this, you have to get in the car and you have to travel. You don't have to move away. But when you got something going, you got to hit every little city, shake hands and kiss babies, just like politicians, because that's the only way they're going to see you. So you're talking about if you're driving to L.A., you got to hit the Central Valley, make some stops. 100%. Because when you go there, they love you more than they love you in your own town. They're just like, you came here to see me? Mm Oh, my God. Stockton, Fresno, there's yeah. so much love out there. Yeah. Sacramento, even. And the funny thing about it, I would go with bigger artists to these small towns just to see what happens when they go. I've been with 50 a few spots, and he's out there everywhere. The liquor stores. He's at the radio stations. He's at, the, like, the gyms. He's shaking hands, kissing babies. I'm like, he, he's a millionaire. He don't have to do yeah, this. Yeah, he ain't got to do none of that. And he's doing it all. Wow. And I'm like, why do I have to yell at you guys to do this? Some of them get it, some don't, eh, you know. And I'm so do fine. you think that might be a part of the defining factor of someone like Jeezy? They they understand what the marketability needs to be? Oh, he has the craziest machine ever behind him. Really? Oh, they got him ready. Gap ads, movies. He's in the machine. He, he, he's he's in the machine. Like, you see Beyonce doing shit. You see Beyonce getting movies. They should right. do, like, the gene thing in the fact. Jeezy has the same thing. He's in the machine. He's good. He's good. But what you're speaking to, if I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are speaking to a work ethic. Am I wrong? No. Talk about the team, the team behind it. You have the dream. You have the recipe. You have all the things. But you're talking about the unwillingness to leave the area to go tour. You know, whereas that obviously GZ has not had that unwillingness that he'll go everywhere. He'll go to Philly. He'll go to, yeah, but you know, anywhere the, else. The team is telling you this. 
the oh, team. Oh, so you feel like those cats never had the access to that to that team? Even when we gave them the access, there was there was a team that we didn't have a strong team to put it together for them to leave, and then they didn't want to do it as much. It's it has to go hand in hand. The team is all of us; it's not just one of us. Right. If I say, "Yo, let's get the van," and you're like, eh, "Okay, now there's still three other groups. Who's going? Well, how much? What do you mean how much? Some of them want to work, but they're like, "Okay, I want to eat. I need to be rich today." I can't, tomorrow's not promised. I need to have it. It's like, well, it doesn't work like that, dude. We got to get out here. We got to earn. We got to sit here and fight to get this. Right. And I've done it with groups not from here and made it really far. I'm like, okay, well, I've seen these guys do it. And I'm telling you guys, this is how it goes. Eh, you know, whatever. I got horror stories for days. So <laughs> well, that's going to have to be for that. another pod. You bring me back, we can run it down. Yeah, man. we're going to run it back, I swear. Well, my brother, Big Vaughn, you can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Twitter. You can find his new uh, kind of Instagram live show that he's show. doing, PST, the new talk show. Uh, you can find him on the radio on KML. You can find him on Sirius XM. You can find my brother pretty much anywhere. And if you really want to understand anything about the Bay, you need to understand Big Vaughn. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you guys for having me, man. I'd like to say, if you ever come to the city, you must come to Shea Fico, the best spot in the world. I'm here three, four times a week, and when the world opens, I'll be right back in this thing. <laughs> yeah, you might as well just give me a job, dude. I'm <laughs> yeah, that's facts. Well, we always got a table for you, my brother. Thank I you very you, much. Man. Appreciate right, it, man. Peace. Hey, whoa, whoa. Who you voting for? <laughs> <laughs> we'll let him live. We'll let him live. We'll let him live. We'll, we'll let him live. <laughs>